Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor, and in today's episode we're going to be doing a deck profile for a black blocker based deck using the cards from the English Special Booster version 1.0 meta. But first, before we get into that, last week I asked what kind of content you wanted to hear out of the Memory Gauge for the special pre-release of 1.0. I put up a poll on Twitter and it got a better response than I expected, to be honest. The majority of you asked for deck profiles for the 1.0 meta, with deck building guides coming a close second, and so that's what I'm going to be delivering over the next couple of weeks. And I just wanted to thank everybody who responded. Not only is it very helpful for me to hear what kind of content you would like, but it's always nice to hear from you listeners, so thank you again to those people who responded to that poll. Now that that's out of the way, we'll get into our main topic. So last week, Jacob Ward on Twitter asked what decks I thought we would see in the December webcam tournament being hosted by Bondi for 1.0. I said I thought that we were probably going to see plenty of red and blue Omnimon decks. I imagined we would see purple rookie decks and maybe some green decks trying to emulate the success of green in the Japanese meta, although I don't think those will be as successful because they're lacking some key pieces. But... I also threw in a low probability prediction, and I said that I think we could see a surprisingly strong showing from black blockers. Now, the reason I threw that in was twofold. One, because I really like black as a color, and I want to see it too well. And two, because I think that there's actually a really low chance of that happening, but on the off chance that it does, I get to be seen as really prescient. So it was a bit of gamesmanship on my part, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought... That's actually a really interesting thought experiment because there's already lots of deck profiles out there for red Omnimon, blue Omnimon, purple rookies, those kinds of top of the meta decks. The good thing about Digimon right now is that there is so much content being made. People are very excited about this game. But the downside is that there's just so many red not blue Omnimon deck lists. There's so many top tier deck lists because everybody wants to talk about them. Everybody wants to give their own spin, which is good. You get a lot of choices but I feel like there's some kind of decks that people aren't really giving as much thought to because they don't seem to be as competitive and one thing that everybody wants to do right now is know what's the best so I thought that I would put my money where my mouth was and take a pass at doing a black blocker based deck list for 1.0. Now the deck I'm going to present to you today is by no means a perfect deck There's definitely going to be decisions that I've made that maybe aren't the quote-unquote best choices. That's because I'm still new to the game and figuring it out, and because the game itself is still very new. But my hope, though, is that this deck list is going to serve more as a jumping-off point for your own deck brewing, and hopefully that I can show that there are ways to build decks that aren't just build what's topping the meta if you don't necessarily want to go down that path. It's not that that's a bad path, and that's actually a path I'm certainly going to go down at some point, but I just wanted to show there are other options and other ways to play the game than just whatever happens to be trending on YouTube at the time. So with the preamble out of the way, let's get to the cards. I'm going to break this profile into two parts. First part will be building the deck, and then the second part will be playing the deck. Building the deck is going to cover which cards I chose to include and why I chose to include them, and playing the deck... He's going to cover how the deck actually works in practice and how I think you should pilot it. So starting with building the deck, I'm going to put a deck list into the show notes. Feel free to open it up now so that you can follow along as I talk about the cards that I've included in this deck. Now, when building any deck, as we discussed in our deck building fundamentals episode, it's important to start 
by knowing what the plan of the deck is going to be and how it's going to win. So my concept for this deck was that it would stall out the game with a lot of blockers and then it would build up to a war Greymon and that would be the main attacker that would go and get the win for us. So knowing that that was going to be my strategy, I knew that the deck was going to need plenty of blockers and that it would probably need good inheritable effects to get that war Greymon up to snuff so that it could compete with some of the other level 6s in the format. I also decided early on that I was going to need strong removal because there just aren't enough blockers at the moment to really fully store the board and I wanted to add good removal to the deck so that it could aid my board stall tactic. So first we're going to talk about the Digi Eggs and Black currently only has two choices in 1.0 that's Sudamemon and Kapurimon. I elected to go with Fork Purimon, which gives, as an inheritable effect, your turn if this Digimon has reboot, this Digimon gets plus 1000 DP. Because the War Greymon we're trying to build up to has reboot on the card, so if we get from Kapurimon all the way up, it's always going to get that extra 1000 DP. I chose to add in one Sumemon as well, so that we could get the full suite of five Digi Eggs. That's because I wanted to maximize our draw power, especially since our game plan is to make the game run long, so we're more likely to get the full five Digi-Egg Digivolutions than maybe other decks. And because there's just not a lot of options in black, so we are occasionally going to get the Suemon effect of if you have a Digimon with the same name as this Digimon, this Digimon gets plus 2000 DP. We're running a lot of repeats, so that effect actually will come up from time to time. Now getting into the Digimon. Now in a way... The small number of black cards available to us in the 1.0 meta was actually really helpful when putting this deck together because it meant that my decisions were easier to make. So in terms of ratio, we ended up with 14 level 3s, 14 level 4s, 7 level 5s, and 5 level 6s. This fits with the ratio that we discussed in our deck building fundamentals episode, except for the level 4s. We've got 14 level 4s, which is the same number as we have level 3s. But I'm going to get into that a little bit more once we actually get to talking about the level 4s. So first, the thing we need to talk about is the level 3s. We ended up with four different level 3s. We're using all of the level 3s available to us currently in 1.0. I'm not 100% confident on the numbers of each. I might go up and down on the actual number of each that I'm including, but on the whole, I think I'm fairly confident about including more of some and less of others. I feel that I got that pretty correct, but I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. So the first is that we have four Toy Agumon, and I think this is probably the best black level three. It has 1000 DP but it, and no main effect, but it has an inheritable effect that grants Reboot. Now that works really, really well with our blockers. Reboot, of course, is the effect that means that our Digimon become unsuspended not only during our unsuspend phase, but also during our opponent's unsuspend phase or active phase. So it means that we can attack with our Digimon and then they can be ready at the start of our opponent's next turn. So our opponents can't attack and destroy our Digimon. And also if they have Blocker, as many of our cards in this deck actually do, they can be made ready to block even after attacking, which is really good. It gives us some offensive options without sacrificing our board stall tactic. This the fact that there's an inheritable effect on the Agumon that grants reboot also means that our plus 1000 bonus from our Kapurimon Digi-Egg is going to start activating very early in the Digivolution chain as early as level 4. And that can sometimes be relevant. A lot of our Digimon sort of compete with other Digimon of the same level in terms of power, 
And this boost can just put them over the edge if we get it activated very early on. So we have four Toy Agumon, and we also have four Gotsumon. Gotsumon is really cool. Gotsumon is a level 3 blocker with 3000 DP, although it does have, when attacking, get minus 2 memory, which is the same text as we see on the blocker cards in the starter decks and in the other colors. So it was just really important to include lots of Gotsumon because we want to play lots of blockers as our main game plan, and Gotsumon is the cheapest to play blocker that we have access to, so it made sense to include a lot of them because we're going to want to be throwing blockers down as often as we can, and the cheaper, obviously, the better. Gotsumon is our cheapest option, and it was a no-brainer to include all four of them. Now we also have three Hagurumon. Now, the reason we went for three instead of four is because I wanted to keep the Digimon numbers on the lower side so that we could make room for our removal cards and our tech cards. Otherwise, I would play the full four. So, Hagurumon has 3,000 DP and costs only two to play. And two to play on a level three is always really good because it often means that you can play a level three outright onto the board. You can hard cast it and then you can still keep the turn to do something else. You'll often find yourself left with two memory. That means that you can play Hagurumon, set the memory gauge to zero, and then it's still your turn and you can do something else like Digivolve further or maybe play one of your removal cards. So I just thought it was important to include Hagurumon there and go up to the three. And then finally, we included the three of the Chumon. This is a three cost, 1000 DP, level three, and it has no inheritable effect, but it does have a main effect, which is both players' turns. So that's your turn and your opponent's turn. Your opponent cannot gain memory except by the effect of Tamer cards. So that means that your opponent's uh, Vulcan's Hammers don't activate. Your opponent's Memory Borrowers don't activate. Your opponent is only able to gain memory with the effect of those memory tamers or other tamers that add memory. So this can be a really good little tech level three to keep on the board if you're playing against blue decks that are trying to pump up their memory or if you're playing against anything that wants to get extra money, memory, money, with their options or Digimon. Chumon completely shuts down these effects. I love this card and I know that when we get 1.5 that actually has another couple of cards that also have this effect, and I expect to see those in that meta played a lot. I think Chumon is one of those cards to watch because it's going to just get better the more cards we see being added to the game. Now that brings us to the end of the level 3s and brings us up to level 4s. Now we're playing the same number of level 4s technically as we are level 3s, and that might seem a bit odd because usually you want to play fewer of each higher level so that you're not getting stuck with them in hand. But the reason I went for 14 level 4s, well actually there's two reasons. The first is because in a blocker strategy, or at least as I've found, you often need to play your blockers outright to get a quick defense to put a stop to your opponent's plans. Gotsamon's our only level 3 blocker, so that means that we need to play more level 4s more often than usual so that's a re one reason for the inclusion of more level fours because we're hard casting them from our hand more often than we might in some other decks and the other reason that we're playing 14 level fours is because three of them are actually three copies of Cordramon, which is a blocker splashed over from red so we can't digivolve from the Cordramon into our higher digivolutions so I didn't really count it in my base of black level 4s. Now the reason I splashed 3 Cordramon, I know it's an interesting choice and it's going to 
be a bit debated, and I'm still not 100% sure that it's correct, but the thinking behind splashing the Cordramon is because I wanted more blockers that Black currently has. Now, I could have chosen any of the level 4 blockers from another color, or I could have chosen Mon Mon, which is a blue level 3 blocker for 4, which would be cheaper. But I chose to put in Cordramon to get more blockers, and so that I could also comfortably include Terra Force, which may well be the best removal card in the game. And removal was a big part of my strategy, so I knew I needed more good removal. And I just I wanted to add a red Digimon so I could have something on the field so I could have the option to hardcast Terra Force if need be, and I could comfortably include it in my deck, knowing it wasn't going to get stuck in my hand nearly as often. So that explains the uh, 14 level 4s. The other level 4s I included were 3 Numemon. Now Numemon evolves for 1, so it's there to kind of get us up quickly to our War Greymon if we need. It's also there to get us up to just quickly throw our Digivolution chain so that maybe we can cheaply get a card in hand if we need to see more cards. Maybe we can get up to a level 5 even if we just desperately need some more power on the board. Being able to evolve to a level 4 for 1 is pretty good and I feel like these cards are not always an auto-include but you if you've got a level 4 for 1 available in your colour you should definitely at least think very carefully carefully about why you wouldn't include it. And we also have four copies of the black Greymon. Now, Greymon has a fantastic inheritable ability, which gives our war Greymon jamming. It says your turn if this Digimon has reboot, it gets jamming. So, jamming is the keyword that means that when a Digimon with jamming attacks your opponent's security, it cannot be destroyed by security Digimon. This means that if we give our War Greymon jamming, we can attack our opponent's security with impunity because it's not going to die to a large level 6 or an Omnimon, or if your opponent has buffed up their security maybe with an option card, like I think there's a red card in the starter decks, and I think there's a few yellow cards that buff up the power of their security Digimon, your Digimon isn't going to just die swinging into that. So it turns off a lot of that strategy of buffing up your opponent's security, and it just frees you up to attack a little bit more safely. Your Digimon could still die to an option card being flipped up from the security, but it does mean that majority of the time it's going to be able to attack safely because the majority of most decks are going to be Digimon, meaning that you can safely assume that the majority of your opponent's security cards are going to be Digimon cards. Now, jamming's really important in this deck because we don't have many strong attackers. In fact, WarGreymon's really the only Digimon we want to consistently be attacking with. So if we can keep it from dying on the first attack, so much the better. We need to keep that WarGreymon around, and giving it jamming with this Greymon is one of the best ways to do that. And then finally, we've got 4 Gardramon because it has a blocker effect. It's a level 4 blocker. There's nothing much to say here. We just need lots of blockers. Gardramon's a blocker. It digivolves for 2. It's a pretty no-brainer card to include, I thought. And now we get to the level 5s, and the level 5s, I debated really strongly which level 5s I wanted to include, and if I'm honest with you, I'm still not 100% sure that I made the right choice. I'll probably still play around with this, even as the special pre-release is going on, even as people are putting their decks together. I'm going to be switching this up from game to game, I think. For Metal Greymon, that I was sure about. The Metal Greymon has Reboot on the card, so it activates those inheritable effects we have that depend on our Digimon having Reboot. And it also has an inheritable effect that says, your turn, if this Digimon has Reboot, it gets Security Attack plus one. Now that's 
also very important to put onto our Wargrave on. It means that it's speeding up our win condition. Now, instead of six attacks, we only need to make four attacks, which that's two whole turns faster that we can kill our opponents. That is pretty huge. We're going to want to be playing the full four Metal Greymon so that we can get that effect as often as we possibly can. Additionally, because this Metal Greymon has reboot, it means that in a pinch we could give it jamming with Greymon as an inheritable and swing in for an attack. And know that at the very least it's not going to die to a security Digimon, even though it has maybe a lower DP than some of the Digimon you're going to see popping up from the security. Now I decided to add three Mega Dramon, which are level 5 which has 9,000 power. I decided to go for the Mega Dramon because of the extra attack power. I thought we might need that in a pinch, but I have gone really back and forth between including the Mega Dramon and including the Andromon, which is a 7,000 power blocker that can attack without incurring a memory cost. It has no stipulation saying that you lose memory when you attack or you can't attack, unlike most of your other blockers. I think there's strong arguments to be made for including Andromon, or Mega Dramon, or a combination of both. There's reasons you might want to include either. And I think, honestly, it's going to be very meta-dependent. You're going to have to look at what the people around you are playing, what kinds of things are strong against them, what are weak against them, to really make the best choice here on your level 5s. And then finally, we get up to our level 6s. First, we're playing full 4 of our win condition, which, of course, is the War Greymon. Now, at this point... I feel that in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say I am a huge War Greymon fan. And the art on the Black War Greymon in 1.0 is roughly 70% of the reason that I really wanted to build this deck. It is just a gorgeous piece of art on this card. If you haven't seen it already, do yourself a favor, check it out. I absolutely love it. Now, this War Greymon has 11,000 DP, which is a bit weak for a level 6 that we want to use as a win con. Usually, the level 6s you're using as your win conditions either have really, really strong effects or just a bit more power to get them over to the line. It costs 12 to play regularly and 3 to Digivolve, so it's not the most expensive to Digivolve. It's also not the cheapest option in the game either. The main draw of this card, the main reason that you want to play it, is the combination of effects. This card inherently as in on the main card, has Blocker and Reboot, which we've already discussed, is a great combination. And the fact that this War Greymon just has Blocker and Reboot without any other inheritable shenanigans means that it can attack your opponent's security with impunity. It can, and then it can, and then you can attack and know that you can still reset to block. And then we throw, of course, our Greymon as an inheritable on this, give it jamming, and then we can just attack, 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 not worry so much about dying, and know that we have a blocker available because the War Greymon is going to reboot on our opponent's turn. And because it's a bit more powerful as a blocker, that should also stop our opponents from just sending their weaker Digimon at us to get cheap security checks. And plus, we don't need to add reboot to this card to give it the inheritable effects of Greymon and Metal Greymon, so you don't need to Digivolve up from Toy Agumon. The Toy Agumon is just a bonus. You're still going to get those inheritable effects of Greymon and Metal Greymon. It means we have to do a lot less planning. It means we have to get a lot less lucky than we otherwise would, because otherwise we would need to have the Toy Agumon. And it means that we we can fairly safely play the full four, because War Greymon is our best way to win, so we need to make sure that we're always getting at least one in a game. 
And now finally our fifth level six, because we are playing five, this is another red splash, this is another tech card, Volcanic Dramon. And I think that this could easily be any of the other level six tech cards. This could be Machine Dramon, Magna Dramon, Metal Sea Dramon, or Puppetmon. I wouldn't use Paimon because that's more tied to purple, whereas the other ones aren't necessarily tied to their color. But I chose Volcanic Dramon because I thought this deck could possibly be weak if it had to race a Rookie Rush strategy because our blockers are more expensive than a Rookie Rush strategy's rookies. So they can play more of them than we can of blockers for the same amount of memory. And it's just another way to be able to hard play Terra Force. If you play this out, wipe your opponent's board, they build up to something strong, you can play a Terra Force immediately afterwards. That's a bit magical Christmas land, but it's just nice to have access to another red Digimon if you need to be hard casting Terra Force. I do think a case could be made to include Puppetmon though, and I'm probably, again, going to go back and forth on whether to include this or Puppetmon. And I don't know that I'll ever really be satisfied with my answer. Now in terms of Tamers, we are playing just two copies of one Tamer, the Black Tie Kamiya. Now this is one of the memory Tamers, so at the start of our turn, if our memory is two or less, it becomes three. And that's the main reason we play this card in the deck. We're very, very weak to memory choking, and we need a way to guarantee that we're going to have at least three memory. We need a way to ensure that we're going to have some memory to play with, because otherwise our deck becomes considerably weaker. This also buffs our Black Digimon on our opponent's turn. It has opponent's turn. All of your Black Digimon get plus 1,000 DP, so our blockers get a bit stronger. But if I'm honest, the memory effect is the primary reason to play this card. Um, if you find that you're getting memory choked often in your particular playgroup, in your particular meta, make room to play more of these. I think I'm going to try and look at maybe a chance to get one more in, see if I can cut something to get another tie-in, because the memory choking is such a problem for this deck, and you just want to make sure it's happening as little as possible. And then, finally, we are playing eight option cards. Now, I found that this number in my testing, in my shuffling, and using the um, roll function on digimoncard.dev, which lets you build a deck and then check to see what a starting hand and starting security might look like, having eight option cards results in you getting one of these in your security roughly 50% of the time, which is pretty good odds. You could probably pump it up by putting some more removal in, but then you sacrifice Digimon, and I just had to strike a balance between always having access to Digimon and always having access to removal, and I chose to err on the side of Digimon since the Digimon can also attack for the win. But I think that getting at least one of these cards in your security every time you flip heads on a coin is still pretty good odds, and your opponent is still going to have to think about it once they've played against this deck. Now we play eight because we want as many ways to deal with our opponent's biggest threats as we can, since our blockers get run over by opposing level 6s and 7s, and because Wargreymon as a level 6, in terms of its power, really can't compete with the other sort of major threats out there. So we need other ways to remove it than just blocking with our Wargreymon, because it's not going to cut it. So we play, as I have mentioned, for Terraforce. Now, Terraforce is arguably the best removal option in 1.0. It's if you don't remember, this is from the red starter deck, costs 8 to cast, and it just says destroy one of your opponent's Digimon. Not destroy one of your opponent's Digimon with this condition, just flat out destroy your opponent's Digimon. No muss, no fuss. 
This is fantastic when it comes out of your security because the security effect is to play it straight away, you get it for free. And because we're playing a slower, more defensive game, hard playing this from our hand is not as bad as it can be in some other decks because we don't mind drawing the game out a little even if we have to sacrifice a little bit of memory in order to do it. And we also play for Infinity Cannon. This is the black strong removal option. It's six to hard cast and its main effect is one of your opponent's Digimon D-Digivolves minus four. So you get rid of the top four cards of your opponent's sort of Digimon stack unless you get down to level three at which point you stop. And the security effect of this card is to activate its main effect. So like Terra Force, if it flips up from your security effect, it's going to activate straight away. Now, this doesn't actually remove the Digimon, but it does weaken them considerably. If you play this on a level 6, it knocks it right down to level 3. If you play this on a level 7 that's Digivolved all the way through, it knocks it down from 7, 6, 5, 4, again to a level 3. So you're really setting your opponent back in terms of memory, in terms of pacing, and that can be just as good as removing a card in certain situations. So that's it. That is all the cards that we're playing in the deck. And now I wanted to have a look at how to play the deck. Now, I've tested this as much as I possibly could, but keep in mind that I only had the idea for this episode last week. I only started building this deck sort of one week ago. So there's still a lot of testing to be done. There's still a lot of trial and error to be done. So take all this advice with a grain of salt. But from what I've been able to ascertain from playing the deck, you want to get blockers out early. So that's either Gotsimon or evolving up into your Gardramon. You want to get those blockers out on the field. You want to get them out early so that you can put a stop to your opponent racing up through their Digivolution change. You can sort of compete with Turbo by at least getting in the way, giving yourself a chance to get your removal to get rid of these cards. I found that taking advantage of the breeding area is really important because you must remember that your opponent can't affect the Digimon that are in the breeding area. They can't target it with any of their card effects. So it's a safe area for you to develop that perfect War Greymon chain. You can take a little bit of time to get the Greymon, to get the Metal Greymon so that you have the best inheritables because the whole game plan is to slow down the game and that will give you a chance to make sure that you're getting those cards, you're getting the best War Greymon out, and you're only getting it out to start attacking when you're ready. The other tip I have is don't be afraid to use your removal, and to remember that flooding the board with blockers is the game plan. So you might not always be able to memory choke your opponent, and in fact, memory choking your opponent is not really going to be part of your game plan. But what you should be able to do is to put your opponent in a position where they just can't get a good attack through. They should still be able to attack you, they probably will, but it's just they're going to have no really good attack choices, no good attack options, and you could really start to slow them down and force them to play at your pace. So if you decide to check this deck out, if you decide to test it, please let me know how you go. If you would build it differently, I'd love to hear what changes you would make. This is not a competitive list by any stretch of the imagination. Unfortunately, Black in 1.0 just isn't strong enough really to be top tier. But I've got some playtesting in with this deck, as I said, and it definitely feels fun to pilot to me. It strikes sort of the preferred balance of mind between control and aggression. And, of course, swinging in for two security checks with that just beautiful War Greymon art is always really satisfying. That's always a plus. And really, when we're playing card games, I feel that a lot of the time, for a lot of us, that feeling is the feeling that we sort of chase. 
So if there's one takeaway that I hope that you take from this episode and this deck build, uh, let it be try new things. I wasn't sure that I wanted to put in the effort to build this deck because I knew from the outset that I probably wouldn't be able to make it in a way so that it could compete with the best decks. I just knew my limitations. I knew the limitations of the color and I knew going in it was never going to be a tier one top deck. But after building it for the episode, I can say that it's probably my favorite deck I've built so far and I have built a few for 1.0. So it just goes to show you never really know unless you try it out. If you're interested in something, give it a go, even if you're not sure it's going to be the best because you never know when you're going to strike your upon your favorite new deck. You know, building decks to try and win tournaments, to try and be the best at your LGS, to be the best at your local tournament is a lot of fun. And it's a big part of what uh, trading card games are about. But they should also be about that sort of fun aspect, that silly aspect, that trying to do just cool things with just the effects available to you and the power of your brain to put them together. So please don't let that go by the wayside as you get into the Digimon card game, because that's where... A lot of the fun is going to come from, I think. We can't always be competing in massive tournaments, so sometimes we're just going to have to sit down in the kitchen table and play some fun Digimon. And it's always good to have a deck in your back pocket that is just a fun kitchen table deck. And I think that more than anything, this black deck that I presented today is a fun kitchen table deck. So if you have any questions or feedback, comments or concerns, tweet me at ConnorEFMG on Twitter or email me at memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.